Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Radio Overcoming Life's Obstacles. This is Jerry McGee, and I thank you for listening in. I pray that God will bless you as he pours his spirit out upon you as you listen. That's been my prayers, and I just praise the Lord for that. And so if you want to write me, you can write me at Post Office Box 1141, Lindell, Texas, if you don't have email, or you can email me at Jerry McGee. That's all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. I love to hear from you, and if I can do anything to help, you can just give me, shoot me an email. And um, anyway, we're going to get right into the message. Father, I just thank you and praise you for an opportunity to share your word. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your word to heal us. Thank you that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you deliver us from them all. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe and everything in it. You're our problem solver. You're our comforter. You're our guide, our director. Uh, Lord, you're our king. You're our master. And we just want to honor you, Lord. We pray that every life will be touched in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you will show up by your Holy Spirit. And you'll move upon every life, Lord, and change us, transform us all, Lord, and cause us to decrease that you might increase. We just thank you. We just ask you to cover every person who hears this message with the blood of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you give every person ears to hear. Give me lips to speak. Um, Let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O God. Lord, thank you that you are the answer person, that you know you have a solution to all of our prayers. You are, the, you are the one that is the problem solver. We thank you, Lord, that you have an answer for everything that we go through. And we just praise you, Lord. We just bind Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places. 
and on this earth we forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us. In Jesus' name, we bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over us. Uh, In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray for a special covering of warrior angels to be over us and every person who listens in to boomerang back on the enemy, every curse and assignment sent against us. Lord, we ask you to give the leaders of every nation wisdom to deal with all of these Antifa-like groups, these people that are causing trouble in America and in every other country of people that are listening in, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we ask you to send your angels into all of those looters and rioters in the name of Jesus, and we pray, Lord, that you will quell the storm in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for a president that will solve the problem. Thank you, Lord. We just bless you. We ask you to put a hedge of protection, a wall of fire, your warring angels around our president, around his family, around those who are his allies, around every leader of every nation all over the world, Lord. We thank you that you turn the hearts as you turn the waterways. We ask you to surround them with truth. And, Lord, we ask you to impart to them wisdom to know how to deal in every situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the message that God has for me today to share with you is is called um, Prayers That Avail Much. How many of you need prayer? Am I the only one? We all need prayer. I tell you, God has an answer for everything that we go through. And so the title of this message is Prayers That Avail Much. And we're all going through battles. You know, um, everybody is going through a battle, not just because we've had this this bogus virus thing that's been poured out on the world. And actually, that's worked for good because look how many people just needed to rest. I know the lady that does my hair, she said, Jerry, I haven't rested in 40 years. She said, I needed this. She said, I was even wanting them to be another week where I didn't have to go back to work. So I feel like a lot of people can identify with that. I see how it helped families. I see how families were spending time with one another. And, you know, God causes everything to work together for good to those that love him, to the called according to his purpose. And the purpose of what we go through is for God to conform us into his image. You know, I've said for lots of years, always ask God what he's trying to teach you through what you go through. And I have a new grandson that married just recently in January, married my granddaughter, and he preaches the gospel. And I hear him say all the time, almost every time he speaks, and he didn't get this from me, ask God to show you what he's trying to teach you. I thank God for godly kids. And I tell you, prayer is the thing that changes our children. Thank the Lord. And we're all going through battles. And, you know, um, I, last year I was teaching at, uh, this was uh, Labor Day um, 2019. I was teaching at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. I laid down and took a nap. And when I woke up for about two minutes, I could not see out of either one of my eyes. After a few minutes, the right eye came back partially, but the left eye, I've been blind in my eye, my left eye ever since. And I tell you, it's the hardest year that I have gone through in my whole life. I've gone through a lot of things. I had uh, two husbands leave me, and uh, I guess, you know, uh, 
I guess maybe I'm hard to live with. I don't know. But anyway, I praise God. I'm not bitter about it. I can see how after years when I was crying out to God, how I could actually write him a thank you note because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now had it not been for all the things that I've gone through. But this thing with my eyes has been the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And I didn't realize it, but last week I was, I really saw for the first time, you know, I praise the Lord all the time, but I saw a deep ingratitude in my heart that I didn't even know was there. In fact, so much so that I was ashamed of myself that I had been so ungrateful this whole year. I've been kind of in the spirit realm, in my heart, kind of moping around. And um, anyway, so I really repented. And after that, I started when I would think about my eyes or not being able to see certain things, um, I would just start being grateful for all that I did have. And it was from, from my heart. It was just like a heart of gratitude. And I was out walking about three days ago, probably Saturday, and I was listening to the book of Revel, uh, book of Isaiah, and I, I can't read the Bible anymore. I mean, I can read a word here and a word there, but just to read a whole sentence, uh, it's very, very difficult. I mean, I can read one word at a time, like see Sally run, you know, like a, like a little kid that's learning in the first grade how to read. Anyway, so I was listening to the book of Isaiah, and praise God. You know, I think Shannon Davis, and I hope I'm saying this right, but he said, you know, he started listening to the Bible online, and thank God for iPhones and phones where we can listen to the Word of God, um, that you can listen to the whole New Testament in a couple of hours. And so it kind of expedites. And as I listen, I'm always asking, I'm always repenting of what I listen to. If it says because you did this uh, or you haven't done that, I just always make it a, a prayer of repentance. <clears throat> and when it got to it got to Isaiah 42:16, this was a rhema word. And before before I say this, I can tell you this whole year I've been saying, Lord, I don't have faith to believe. There was no faith in my. I mean, I had faith to trust the Lord. I had faith to not go to uh, to the world for answers. If I died tomorrow, God had given me the faith, and I didn't have any concerns about that. I was had the faith to trust God more than I would trust a doctor. But I didn't have faith in my heart that God was going to was going to heal me. In fact, I even was telling a friend of mine who's a prayer warrior, pray. She said, well, I just come against that evil spirit of unbelief. And, of course, I've done everything I know to do. I've repented of everything I knew how to repent of. But this was the word that came to me, and I know it was because of God doing a work of gratitude in my heart because I began to praise him regardless, and it was from deep within. But the scripture that came was Isaiah forty-two sixteen, and it says to this, this is exactly where I'm at where I've been it says I will lead the blind in a way they do not know and I can tell you for this past year I've absolutely been bewildered as to what God was going to do then it goes on to say I will lead the blind in a way they do not know and I will lead them on paths that they have not known and then it goes on to say I will turn their darkness into light before them And I will make their rugged places like a plain. These are the things I will do, and I will not leave them undone. 
Now, that was a rhema word to my heart because within one minute I memorized that scripture. I mean, it's so stuck in my heart because now it doesn't matter what God does. I know I'm not going to be left undone. And I have been feeling undone for a whole year. But anyway, that rhema word was a, was a word that uh, brought faith to my life. Um, now, that's the first thing regarding my eyes that I have gotten that has been a rhema word. And I've been dealing with eye things since 2008. And I can tell you prayer is the answer. Many times I've wanted to give up. And God says, if you, um, it, it goes on to say that, um, don't lose heart because in due time you'll reap if you do not grow weary. And so we all have battles and God has a rhema word for each of you who are listening. You know, the logos word is the written word, but the rhema word is when God brings that to your heart and it becomes yours. And so when God speaks recently, I think I taught this on Dorothy's program. I'm not sure, but, it was on how to hear God. But one thing I've really learned through this is that when God speaks to you, you cannot doubt it. If you can talk yourself out of it, you didn't hear from God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So whatever battle you're going through, I can tell you that God has an answer for everything you're going through. And it's found in the word of God. Jesus Christ is the living word of God. And the Bible says this is the confidence you can have toward him. If you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, you already have what you ask for. So all of you are going through battles. If it's the coronavirus or if it's being without a job or whatever you're going through, God's got an answer and he's got a solution and he wants to bless you. The scripture says, how blessed is the man who greatly fears the Lord. His descendants will be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. R.A. Torrey said that prayer moves the hand that moves the hand of God. You're either praying or you're fainting. And the scripture tells us to pray without ceasing. And what that means is that you don't pray. It doesn't mean to be consistently praying 24-7. It means to pray consistently intermittent prayers. In other words, all day long be praying, uh, intermittent prayers. And so you're either praying or you're fainting. You're either overcoming or you're overcome. And I tell you, I have felt overcome this past year. But, you know, now, regardless of what God does, I, I won't be undone. And I just praise God. And, you know, prayerlessness is a sin. I don't know if you knew that, but it is. First Samuel 12, 3. Samuel said, God forbid that I should sin against God by not praying for you. And so whatever battle you're going through, prayer is the answer. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasseth all knowledge will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I want to say this too. About a month ago, I realized that with this eye situation, that there was idolatry 
and I'd given up, Lord, if it glorified you the most for me to never see again. You know, I died to all of that, let it all go. But one thing I saw about a month ago is I had not died to the idea of how life, I thought life ought to go. And we just have to be willing to die to your flesh means to get, to choose God's way over your way, his plan over your plan, his attitudes over your attitudes, and his word over your word. And when we give up our life, that's when we find it. And so I had given, I had given all that up, and then I began to praise God. And then God gave me that rhema word. So we have to die. Uh, you know, John twelve twenty three and 24 says, unless a grain of wheat, <clears throat> that's us, falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And this doesn't mean to go out and commit suicide. It means you just choose, you choose to let go of the things that stress you, the things that make you angry, the things that make you bitter, the things that hurt you. You know what? To be an overcomer in Christ Jesus, you cannot allow fear, anger, hurt, bitterness, any of those things in your life. Those are the things you have to overcome. And whatever you didn't overcome in childhood, you've got to overcome it now because your life, for the most part, is a rerun of how you grew up. Whatever troubles you in the present is pointing to, it's mirroring something you haven't repented of when you were children because we didn't know to. So we let the sun go down on our anger. So ask God what he's trying to show you through whatever you're going through. And so you're either praying or feigning. You're either overcoming or you're overcome. God tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And prayer is the vehicle uh, by which we overcome the devil. I mean, Jesus is already overcoming the Calvary. But it's when we do spiritual warfare through prayer. Prayer is the vehicle where we get comfort from God. We get God's ideas. We get his mind. Uh, we get his encouragement. We get his solutions. Uh, we get his healing, his deliverance, and victory through prayer. And if we don't pray, we're in sin. You know, there's lots of reasons people don't pray. You know, sometimes people don't pray because they think uh, God's like their dad or mom. If your mom and dad didn't talk to you, um, and never gave you answers The lie is God doesn't want to talk to you either And that's a lie You know parents model for us a picture Of what God, what we think God's like God's nothing like our parents But when we judge our parents For not talking to us The lie is God doesn't want to talk to you When you judge your parents For not forgiving you The lie is God won't forgive If you judge your parents That he never solved your problems The lie is God won't solve my problems. No, you're going to him. And so what happens is we come short of the grace of God, receive a root of bitterness, and we take a nosedive. But when you run to the throne of grace and you go to God for answers, you'll get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected. So we have to pray persistent prayers. You know, the story of the, of the widow who went before uh, this wicked judge, and she just kept on petitioning him. And he finally, he got so tired of listening to her that he gave her her request. And so God is saying that he, he give, he's better than, a, than an unrighteous judge. He's a righteous judge, and he wants to bless us. Psalm 62 says, I will wait in silence before the Lord, for he only is my hope, and he will save me and deliver me. 
Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. Psalms 2, uh, 8 says, Give me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession. So we have to ask. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and you shall receive. So he commands us to ask. Seek, and that means God says you will find me when you seek for me with your whole heart. And then knock. And, you know, knocking prayers are the ones that get results. That means just like the lady kept going through the for the judge, knocking prayers is, means get a hold of the horns of the altar, spend more time with the Lord. And, you know, I can thank the Lord for all that I've gone through this past year because it's taken me, it's taken me to a deeper level with God, which is what I want to be. I want to glorify God with my life. I want to be better tomorrow than I am today. I'm not satisfied with what I know about God. I'm not satisfied with my walk with God. I want to spend every waking moment I have for the rest of my life to please God and to serve him. So I'm 81, so whatever, um, however much time I have, I want to make it count for God. And so if you're listening, you know, there's a scripture that says, teach me, Lord, to, to number my days that I might present to you a heart of wisdom. So, Lord, teach us and cause us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, because it goes on to say, so that all these things will be added unto you. That means you have to die to your children. You'd have to die. And when I'm saying die to your children, the things that they do that trouble you, you have to let go of it. And a lot of times people mirror what God's trying to change in us. You know, the other day I was thinking, um, oh, well, I don't need to share that. Well, yes, I will share it. I was thinking the other day how sometimes when you're 81 years old and you live alone, how you're ignored by a lot of family members, how you're treated like you're a non-person. And not that, not that they don't, I'm not saying they don't love me or anything, but that's just kind of how you feel. Like you feel kind of like you're on the outside looking in or shut out of their lives. Um, And see, God has a purpose in all of that. And how what God showed me the other night was a lot of times with my granny and my grandmother, that's exactly how I treated them. God was showing me myself through my family members. And so people mirror what God wants to change in you. And so when that's how you change others is to change yourself first. And so God wants to be number one in our life. And when we say die to our children, we got a lot of Isaacs in our life. We've got a lot of things that rain on our parade, a lot of things that make us bitter, a lot of things that push our buttons. These are Isaacs, idolatry, that we have to take up the mountain like Abraham did Isaac. And what did Abraham do? He took Isaac up the mountain. And he was going to put a knife to him. And God says, no, no, now, Abraham, I know you you fear God. We've got to fear God more than we fear anything else. 21.22 says, all things you ask in prayer, believing that you will receive them, you will have them. John 14.13 says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father will be glorified in the Son. John 14.14 says, Excuse me. 
if you ask me anything, I will do it. John fifteen seven says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you will and I'll do it. And to abide means to stay connected to the vine. In John 15, it says that he's the vine and we're the branches. Every branch in me that abides in the vine will produce much fruit. And, of course, he says if you, in John 15, if you don't bear fruit, he cuts you off and, as a branch and throws you in the fire. You know, you can cut a limb off of a tree, and, and when the life in that tree no longer is in that branch that's cut off, it dies. Um, there's a scripture in Psalms that says, but I'm like a green olive tree planted in the house of the Lord. And so when you stay connected, you stay green. But when you cut yourself off from the vine, you die. And so uh, abiding in the vine is a picture of denying yourself, taking off up your cross, following him, picture of presenting your body to God as a living sacrifice. It's a picture of walking in the spirit. It's a picture of dying to your flesh. The scripture says in Romans 8, if you live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And so God says, if you're abiding in me, means to stay under God's authority. It means to stay on the potter's wheel. For those of you who've heard me talk about the potter's wheel, it means to stay under God's control. It means to choose his way over your way, his attitudes over your attitudes, his plan over your plan, his word over your words. And so it says, if you abide in me, you can ask whatever you will and I'll do it. John fifteen sixteen says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you that you might go and bear fruit and that your fruit might remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll do it, he said. John sixteen twenty four says, Until now, have you asked anything in my name? Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Ephesians three twenty says, Now unto him who's able to do exceeding abundance above all you can ask or even think. And, you know, I'll just, uh, what brought this to my mind was um, in 2016, my granddaughter's husband was killed when his jet plane uh, crashed south of Japan. And so for three years, I mean, she was eight months pregnant with her little girl and had a three-year-old. And it was a big grief to our whole family to see how brokenhearted she was. And so we began to pray that God would send her a Boaz. And in January, in August, God sent this man into her life that lives in New Jersey. And she lived, she was living here in Texas. And it was just a God thing. And now she's married to this man. And he's more than you could ask or even think. He's more, he's just amazing. He was 42 years old, never married, um, has, and loves her children like they're his very own, and a godly, godly man preaches the gospel, and he's the one that said, ask God what he's trying to show you by what you go through, a very wise uh, young man. James 1, 5, James 1, 5 says, but if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and upbraids not, but let that man ask in faith, Without doubting, for a man who doubts is like a ship driven of the wind and tossed 
and let not that man think he'll receive anything because a double-minded man will receive nothing from God. For years, I would ask God, Lord, should I do this, should I do that? And then I, then it would be like, well, God, did you say that or didn't you say it? Well, is, it, is this you or not you? And one thing the Lord showed me through all this, I heard a message a few years ago <clears throat> where a man said, when you ask God, ask and believe that he's answering you. So I started doing that. But one of the things that was hindering me is when I was growing up, I would ask my daddy, and this was wrong of me, but I would ask my daddy if I could do something, and he'd say no. And then I'd go to my mother, and I'd say, Mother, can I do it? Daddy said I couldn't. And she'd say, yeah, go ahead and do it. Just don't tell him. See the confusion that came in just because, and that was a judgment that I'd made on my mother for enabling me. And so that brought confusing to my life, and that was one of the things that helped me focus when I'm asking God, um, when I'm asking God something, to be able to ask in faith. So some of you might be able to identify with that. In 1 John 5.14, it says, This is a confidence that you can have toward him, that if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, you already have what you asked for. And so here's some obstacles to prayer. Uh, number one is, uh, if you regard iniquity in your heart, Psalms 66.18 says, If you regard iniquity in your heart, God will not hear your prayers. And that means to look on sin, your sin, with favor. And I'm, I'm reminded of another scripture, I think it's in Isaiah, that says, Woe to the man who calls evil good and good evil. And so you can see this in some of these crooked politicians, how they're always calling evil good and good evil. And that ought to be the first clue that something is badly wrong with their life. Many of them are Satanists. And then another reason God doesn't answer prayer is because uh, we refuse to listen to him. In Proverbs one twenty three, it says, Turn to my reproof, and I'll pour out my spirit upon you, and you will know my word. And then it goes on to say, Because I called and you refused, um, I tried to get your attention i'm going to paraphrase it because i can't quote it exactly but he said because um you wouldn't listen i'm not going to listen to you uh when you cry out he says i'll mock when your dread comes and i'll um laugh when you're at your calamity and then it goes on to say and it says when it comes like a whirlwind it's going to come if you don't listen and then it ends with saying whoever listens to me shall dwell securely and be at ease from the dread of evil. Proverbs 28, 9 says, he who, he who turns away his ear from listening to God's law, even his prayer is an abomination. Another reason God doesn't hear our prayers is because we shut our ears to the cry of the poor. Now, the poor is not the deadbeat, not the person that's wanting to, to scam you because he's addicted to drugs or because he's got a drinking problem. Um, the poor is not the deadbeat. The poor, that word poor in the Hebrew means that poor, pious, which means godly person who's trying with all their heart to do what's right. And that's the poor. And so God says when we shut our ears to the cry of the poor, that we'll be ignored in our time of need. He won't hear us. 
That's Proverbs 21, verse 13. And then he won't hear the prayers of the sinner. John 9, 31 says, We know that God does not hear the prayer of the sinner, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he hears him. And the next thing that God doesn't um, will be an obstacle to uh, for God hearing us is that we mock God's word. There are many, many people that claim to be believers that are have no interest in God's word. Jesus is the word of God. And if you claim to love Jesus, you're going to love his word. And so when you reject his word, you're mocking God. And so when you, um, you know, it's just an antichrist spirit when you tell somebody what God's word says and they, no, I don't believe that. That's an antichrist spirit. Or they'll say, yeah, but I believe this. You know, it doesn't matter what I believe. doesn't matter what you believe. It's his word that is the plumb line. Another obstacle to him here in our prayer is motives. We pray wanting to spend it on our own lust. James 4, 2 through 4 says, you lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You're envious and jealous, so you fight and quarrel. You do not obtain because you do not ask God's way. And then the last verse says, when you ask, you want to ask to spend it on your own lust and your own motives. And so God doesn't hear that kind of a prayer. When we pray, we're not supposed to be praying that somebody else will die or some bad thing will happen to somebody. But we're to really to pray to seek God's will and seek his answers in every situation. And um, these are the prayers God hears. He hears the prayers of the humble. It says in um, in Luke uh, 18, you remember the Pharisee? He beat his. He said, "Lord." He saw the publican over there pray, and he said, "Lord, I thank you that I'm not like that that publican over there." And God honored the publican's prayer because the publican was beating his breast and, "Oh Lord, have mercy upon me. I'm a sinner." And God rejected the prayer of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were full of pride. And the church is full of Pharisees. And Pharisees, a person that's just religious, they go to church, They and, and, and not every church member, of course, but they go to church. They don't deal with, a, with their heart issues. They deal with the outward appearance. And then in um, Psalms 30, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, which are the humble, and his ears are open to their cry. And then he hears the prayers of those who fear him. Psalms 145, 18 through 19 says, The Lord is near to all those who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and will save them. Hallelujah. He hears the prayers of those who keep covenant with him. You know, the, the, the letter of the law is in the Old Testament, but the new covenant is, God says, I believe it's in Matthew 22. It says the whole law is fulfilled when we walk in love. We, we're to love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and our neighbors, ourselves, and that's how the law is fulfilled. And so, it's fulfilled when we walk in love. It says, I believe it's Hebrews 9, 6. It says, 
a covenant is only valid when men are dead. So when we die to our flesh, um, which is presenting your body to God as a living sacrifice, it's giving up your life that you might find it, it's denying yourself. When you do that, the covenant is valid, validated. First John three twenty two says, and we know that we have whatever we ask because we're doing the things that please the Lord, are pleasing in his sight. He hears the prayers of those who abide in him. So stay under God's authority. Stay under his control. Um, The Lord showed me years ago, there was a track called How I Learned to Pray for the Lost. And um, a man that mentored me in the earlier years was having a revival in a little town. And basically... How to pray for the lost was praying Second Corinthians chapter ten, verses four, five, and six, where it says, "The weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but mighty to God for the tearing down of strongholds." So when you pray for somebody and you see the strongholds in their life, or you see the things that are holding them, or the things that are negative, or the things that need to change according to the Word of God, you tear those strongholds down in someone's life. You say, "I tear down strongholds of deception." I tear down strongholds of adultery. I tear down strongholds of alcohol or whatever you see in that person's life. Um, and then the next verse says, casting down imaginations and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And the last part of that says, and taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's a scripture that I pray for probably everyone that I know. And I even pray that for myself every day because there's things in my life that I don't want, like, for example, if I've had a, and I don't, I don't feel like I have it now, but a critical heart, you know, hardness of heart, uh, tearing down strongholds of blindness and whatever I think is going on in me, tearing down strongholds of impatience. I think impatience probably has been the biggest sin of my life, and it's, it's rooted in haughtiness, and it says in Ecclesiastes, haughty eyes. I will abase. I will bring low. And, of course, since I've had eye problems, done a mighty work in my life of haughtiness. But I can still say sometimes that wants to creep up in me. And so I tear that stronghold down in my life. Um, I tear down strongholds that would block my arteries, my veins, my capillaries, and whatever I think is uh, needs prayer. And I just keep on asking God to show me because, I don't want any of those things in my life. I pray that for my children. I pray that for our church uh, family and the people that I pray for. But uh, when I first um, learned this, this man who had mentored me is the one that gave me that little track. And he said he was teaching a revival in a little town, and it was just a town drunk. Um, And his wife was a committed Christian. And so their little prayer group that week of that revival began to pray Second Corinthians 10, 4, 5, and 6 for him. And on the last day of that revival, that man came down the aisle and was gloriously saved. And so anybody that you're praying for, your children, uh, or other people that, that you want to see changed. And let me tell you, if you're praying for your kids, a lot of times your kids are doing exactly what you did because you're reaping what you sown. So if your kids are doing the things that you used to do, ask God to forgive you for the things you used to do 
because that's blocking your prayers from being answered for the for your children to be saved. And in I in the book of Isaiah, I can't tell you the promises that God gave me over the years because I had a son who lived a homosexual lifestyle. Praise God he's in heaven now. But there are so many promises in God's word in the book of Isaiah for your children. When I was praying for the son who uh, had lived a homosexual lifestyle, in Isaiah 49, it says, uh, um, the, the, the captive of the mighty man will be taken and the prey of the tyrant will be rescued and I will save your sons. In Psalms, and I don't know where, the, where it's at in Psalms, but it says, uh, God says, he's in covenant with us. When we're in covenant with him, he says, if your children forsake my law, I'll visit their transgressions with a rod and their iniquities with stripes, but I will not deal faithlessly with my covenant to you. And so God wants to discipline our children when they step out of line. And most of parents, we enable them while they're in their sin. We're paying their light bill. We're paying their rent. We're enabling them their drug problem. And, you know, the scripture says, when my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. So if you're an enabling parent, what you're doing is they don't need a savior as long as they have you. So what I pray is when my descendants and their mates step out of line, I pray God will visit their transgressions with a rod and their iniquities with stripes because he is not going to deal faithlessly with his covenant with us. So pray preventative prayers for your children. Uh, I, I started consistently praying for my children, my their mates and my descendants and their mates 48 years ago and my oldest grandchild is 40 is a 33 years old and I see her now preaching the gospel because I'd asked God 48 years ago to give me a granddaughter that would be especially for his praise and honor and glory and I can tell you all the stuff that she's gone through she's now preaching the gospel and you can actually join her Facebook Bible study by going to facebook.com slash slash chosen slash I don't know what the live it's facebook.com slash groups slash chosen slash live and it's uh, every Thursday night at um, 725 Central time and you can actually see my granddaughter preach the gospel and you can join that it's for hurting women it's for ladies that um you know have needs because she's been through that the loss of her her um her husband and um and if you get the billy graham magazine her testimony appeared in the billy graham magazine called um uh, shadows of darkness or darkness anyway having to do with the things that God taught her in her loss and in her grief and we all go through grief if you haven't without putting a curse on you God God uses broken people <clears throat> when before we get broken we're kind of like wild stallions of no use to the rider and thank God for the brokenness God loves a broken and a contrite heart so pray preventative prayers. I began when consistently praying. I mean, I prayed before, but it was consistent when my 
oldest son was 12 years old, which would have been 48 years ago, began to pray preventative prayers. I began to pray the Word of God. I had an old living Bible. In every scripture that I could make a prayer, I prayed for my children, their mates, and my descendants and their mates. And I see the fruit of those prayers answered today before my very eyes. And I'm telling you, it makes me cry tears of joy to see what God's done. They're not perfect, but they're a work. We're all we're all a work in progress. I mean, I've been doing deliverance over myself for 60. I've been a Christian 60 years. And so I'm a work in progress, and so are you. And we overcome the things that are negative in our life. Thank God he don't call us to happen at one time. It's a process. He drives the enemy out of our life little by little as we uh, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And, you know, we're saved, we're being saved, and ultimately we'll be saved. And so um, for us also to pray, there needs to be an atmosphere of quietness and rest. And, um, you know, if you've got a lot of children like Susanna Wesley, she had, I don't know how many children she had. It was over 12, maybe more than that. And when she was praying, she would put her her apron up over her head. And her children would know they better be quiet because mama was praying. And look how many godly preacher boys that came out of her family because of her prayers. And so find a quiet place and let it be a place of praise and worship. I'm seeing in my prayer life that most of my time with God is ministering to him and just worshiping him and asking God for very little. And, of course, when you're 81 years old, it took 60 years for me to come to the place where I just want, I just want God's plan. I just want his purpose. And the people I pray for, my main thing is for my own life, that they love Jesus and that we decrease, that he might increase. And so the word of God gives us answers to all of our prayers. And I'm going to give God all the glory for this. But if I start to get, you know, so many people are being afraid of the virus and wearing, and I'm not trying to condemn you, but wearing masks and all that stuff. Actually, masks are more harmful because you're breathing your own carbon monoxide. The hairdressers and people I know that are having to wear a mask all day, they say they go home worn out because you need to breathe fresh air. <clears throat> but do word studies. I've not been afraid of disease or sickness because, I know it's a curse according to Deuteronomy 28. And if you start to get something, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Where's the sin in my life? I've been crying out for my eyes for years and years and years. And I feel like after repenting of everything I knew of, I know in 1978, no, 1987, I I began doing word studies, repenting over eye scriptures since 19. 87 and I probably would be blind today had I not do, had I not done that but I do word studies and um, I give God the glory for this I'm not glorifying myself but if I start to get something I say okay Lord show me what I need to see that you're trying to see teach me and usually it's, it's from saying words I shouldn't say and when I start repenting it goes the other direction and so that's why I've not been afraid of the current coronavirus. What do you call it? The coronavirus or whatever. I've not been afraid of that because 
I know that it's a curse. I mean, I know that I know that I know it's a curse according to Deuteronomy 28. You may say, well, Christians can't be under curses. Well, read Deuteronomy 28. And if you're a Christian, can you get sick? Well, you can. You know, when you go to the doctor, they do a, um, a history on you. Does your family have cancer? Do they have this? Do they have that? And they call it genes, but we call it curses. I mean, God's word calls it curses. And so do word studies. And because of that, since 1994, I've not gone to the doctor, and I'm giving God the glory. I'm not taking any glory for this. <clears throat> I thank God that he's shown me this. I just begin to repent. And sometimes people call me, and they have so much sickness in their body, and they have so many physical problems. But I tell them is make a sin list. You just need to go back and ask the Holy Spirit to show you sin in your life because usually it's unforgiveness and bitterness. And people will say, well, you know, I've repented of everything I know, and I can say on the surface you have, but look at the things we've done we don't remember. Every time you let the sun go down on your anger, you've given a foothold to the devil. And so God has an answer, and the Bible says he sent his word to heal you. Psalms 107 says, uh, it says in Psalms 107, he sent his word to heal you. Psalms 103 says, he pardons your iniquities and heals all of your diseases. He redeems your soul from the pit, and he crowns your life with loving kindness and truth. And you see, I can tell you that eye problems is a curse. It's certainly not a blessing. And one of the scriptures says, there'll be no resting place for the sole of your foot. Well, there's no resting place because you've got to come under the yoke of Jesus, where he says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But if we're... In under a curse, it says there's no resting place for the sole of your foot, a trembling heart, that's heart problems, and failing eyes, and that's a curse. It's one of the curses in Deuteronomy 28. So I never cease to quit looking for spiritual answers to my problem. But I have peace in the meantime, and I can say it's well, it is well with my soul. Praise the Lord. It is well with my soul. And I pray that God will use this teaching to change your life as God's used it to change my life. And I pray God will give you a rhema word like he gave me. And, you know, I want more rhema words, but that word was enough to tide me over uh, just to know that I'm not going to be undone. He's not going to leave me undone. And he's not going to leave you undone either. He's got a purpose in everything you go through. He loves you so much. In fact, he loves you so much that he died on the cross for your sin. And so um, one thing you need to be born again, if you're, not be born, if you're not born again, I don't mean to have a head knowledge of God. I mean that there's got to be a time in your life where everything that's in your head gets down in your heart and transforms your heart. I've shared this over and over, but I'm going to share it again. I accepted the Lord at a Billy Graham crusade in 1958, and I, um, all my life I believed in God, but I wasn't born again. But I accepted the Lord, was baptized in 1958, but was not saved until about five or six years later. I wasn't saved until 1960, as a matter of fact. I just kept on telling dirty jerks and cussing and smoking and, My life never changed. 
But when I was born again, everything about me changed. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still getting delivered. After 60 years of doing self-deliverance and and repenting of my sin, uh, you know, all deliverance is, is James 4, 7, give yourself to God, that's repentance, and resist the devil and he'll flee. So if you have a physical problem, if you've got any kind of problem in your life, God has the answer, and it's found in his word. And do a word study, like whatever, that's what I started doing. Like if you've got something wrong with your legs, um, um, start repenting over leg scriptures. If you've got something wrong with your head, do scriptures on your head. If you've got something wrong with your heart, there's 800 scriptures on the heart. And do uh, just repent over all the scriptures on heart. This is this is a kind of a sidetrack, but um, when I moved onto my property, I moved. I the property was landlocked. There was like 75 acres back in here that I bought that was landlocked. And when I built a house, I built a house back in the middle of the woods, and there was no birds. Not one bird. You never hear a bird. When I used to walk on the property, I'd hear birds everywhere. And so, I um, a friend of one day, my two of my friends who were intercessors were here at the house, and one had Cherokee Indian blood, and one did spiritual mapping, and had studied the land here in Lindale, and said there was Indians that had lived on the land. And so we just had a, a, a shared with these ladies. I said I moved out here, and there's no birds. And so we went out in the yard, and my friend who was a spiritual mapper, she um, and she do prayer walks and studied the land, and so. We had a little ceremony, and so the Indians, my Indian friend forgave the white man for what they had done, and I forgave the Indians. And anyway, we just had a little ceremony out there, and and she poured oil on the land. And the next morning, I was sitting at my breakfast table looking out the window, and there were hundreds of robins, woodpeckers, doves, every kind of bird imaginable, but mostly robins. And that was an amazing miracle. And then after about two weeks, they dwindled, and I didn't see any birds at all. And so one day I was coming home, and I heard, I was thinking about my property and no birds, and I heard the land mourns, M-O-U-R-N-S. So I came into the house, and I got on my computer, and I pulled up all the scriptures on land, and I began to repent over each scripture. I began to repent of the things my forefathers had done on land, that, that people, uh, landowners had done. Uh, I began to repent, oh, take accountability for what Indians or anybody had sinned on the land and broke generational curses. And I tell you, I've had birds ever since. When I got to this one scripture that jumped out, it said the land mourns and the birds and animals disappear. And I've had birds ever since. And, and troublesome squirrels that eat off of my fruit. <laughs> I have fruit trees, but the squirrels strip them because when you're right out in the middle of the woods. But anyway, that's all of my, my um, teaching. And if you can receive that, uh, if you've been prayerless, um, just repent of your sin. And I'm going to do some deliverance. And so pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I forgive and now that if this is true of your parents, I forgive my parents that they didn't want to talk to me. They never had answers. They never uh, would forgive me. They never solved my problems. 
And, Lord, I forgive them for that, and I renounce the lie that you're just like my mother and father. I thank you, Lord, that you're a perfect God, and and I just forgive my parents, Lord. They did the best they knew how. I'm not blaming them for anything, Lord. I just ask you to forgive me for my wrong responses, for all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger. Forgive me for not taking my battles and my problems to you. Forgive me for thinking you don't have the answer. Forgive me with, for a worldly mind that thinks the police or someone else can solve my problems when it's you that are my problem solver. Forgive me for going to the world with, 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 uh, for answers and not going to you first. Lord, forgive me for um, not praying without ceasing. Forgive me for not praying. Forgive me for prayerlessness. Forgive me for sinning against you. God, forgive me for being anxious for everything and not by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Forgive me for not thanking you. Forgive me for being ungrateful. Forgive me for fainting and giving up and wanting to quit. Forgive me for losing heart. Forgive me for being overcome instead of overcoming. God, forgive me for not going to you for comfort. Forgive me for not going to you for answers. Forgive me for not going to you for to solve my problems. Forgive me for coming short of the grace of God and wanting to just give up and quit and lose heart. God, forgive me for not waiting in silence for you, for you only, Lord, because only you can deliver me. Lord, forgive me for not asking you where you can show me great and mighty things that I know not of. Forgive me for not asking you to give me the nations and and the ends of the earth is my possession. I ask you now, Lord, to give me the nations and the ends of the earth is my possession. Forgive me for not asking, seeking, seeking you with my whole heart. Forgive me for not knocking. Forgive me for uh, wanting to quit. Forgive me for thinking that you don't answer my prayers. God, forgive me for not asking in prayer. Forgive me for not abiding in you. Lord, forgive me for not asking in your name. Father, I ask you to forgive me for unbelief and doubt. Forgive me for wanting to spend it on my own lust. Forgive me for not being willing to die to my flesh. Forgive me for not abiding in you. Forgive me for not letting you be in control. Forgive me for not choosing your way over my way, your attitudes over my attitudes, your plan over my plan, and your word over my word. Forgive me for wanting to be in control. Forgive me for rebellion and antichrist. Forgive me, Lord, for not bearing good fruit through abiding in you. Uh, God, forgive me for not asking in Jesus' name. Lord, forgive me for um, for pride. Forgive me for uh, not knowing that you want to do exceeding abundant above all I could ask or even think. Forgive me for not asking in faith. Forgive me for being like that ship driven of a wind and trough. Forgive me for being double-minded, Lord. God, forgive me for not knowing that this is the confidence I can have toward you, that if I ask anything according to your will, you hear me. And if you hear me, I already have what I asked for. Lord, forgive me for not fearing you. Forgive me for shutting my ears to the cry of the poor. Forgive me for uh, regarding iniquity in my heart. Forgive me for looking uh, upon my sin with favor. Lord, forgive me for not listening to you. Forgive me for shutting my ears toward you. God, forgive me for shutting my ears to your law. Forgive me for not listening when you're speaking to me, Lord. 
I want to dwell securely and be at ease from the dread of evil, Lord. And, Lord, forgive me. Give me ears to hear you. Forgive me for shutting my ears to the cry of the poor. Forgive me for shutting my ears to your law. Forgive me for living in sin. Lord, forgive me for um, I want to be born again, Lord. I want to present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I ask you, Lord, to transfer my life. Let me know that, Lord, that I'm a new creation in Christ. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I ask you, to, Lord, to possess me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Forgive me for mocking your word. Forgive me for not being interested in your word. Forgive me for selfish motives. Forgive me for lusting and committing murder with my mouth, committing physical murder. Forgive me for fighting and quarreling and being envious and jealous. Forgive me for wanting, uh, not obtaining because I've been wanting to spend it on my own lust. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I just repent. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable to you, O oh God. Lord, forgive me for not being humble. I humble myself before you. Forgive me for haughtiness. Forgive me for impatience. Forgive me for being like a Pharisee. Lord, forgive me for not knowing that your eyes run to and fro over all the earth, seeking to show yourself strong to me when my heart is completely yours. Make my heart completely yours, Lord. Forgive me for not fearing you, Lord. Forgive me for um, not wanting to turn away from evil. Forgive me for having a demonic fear of you and not having a true fear of you. I'll say this. I, I meant to say it earlier. When you have a true fear of God, it runs you to God. When you have a demonic fear of God, it causes you to run away from God. And a demonic fear of God comes in through being demonically afraid of your mother or father. And so a true fear of God will run you to God, but a demonic fear of God will cause you to run away from God. And God loves you. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for not praying for the law. Forgive me for ingratitude. Forgive me for breaking covenant with you. Forgive me for not doing the things that please you so that you'll answer my prayers. Forgive me for not abiding in you. Help me find a a quiet place, Lord. Help me make my time with you. Teach me to worship you and minister to you, Lord. Teach me to pray for the lost. Show me, Lord, the things that bother me about my children. Did I do the same thing as they've done? Forgive me for not praying preventative prayers. Forgive me for not regarding your word. Forgive me for not realizing that your word is a perfect prayer. Give me an atmosphere of peace and quiet, an atmosphere of praise, to be in the place of praise. And, Lord, remind me to find my answers to my problems in your word. And, Lord, I just present my body to you as a living sacrifice in Jesus' name. And I just break the power. I tear down all those strongholds in the lives of every person who hears this message in Jesus' name. I cast down every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God 
and I take captive in Jesus' name every thought to the obedience of Christ. I punish every disobedience because my obedience is complete. In Jesus' name, praise you, mighty God. You can take a deep breath because the word spirit means breath. Take a deep breath and blow out. In Jesus' name, just release all of that. In Jesus' name, I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, for what what you've done in every life in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that these principles will stick in their hearts and it will change their life and their family forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. In Jesus' name, praise you, mighty God. Well, if anyone needs prayer, and Dorothy, would you give the number? Um, Would you give the number? I forgot the number. If you need prayer, you can call. Dorothy, what's the number? Okay, the number is 646-595-4784 and press 1. So I know you have a question. Say it again. 646-595-4784. Okay. If anybody needs prayer, you can call that, that number. And don't forget to press 1. Um, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. You can write me at post office box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. Um, you can go into my website and be sure and sign up for the the on the email list, and we'll send out flyers when we're going to be in different places and uh, when we're going to be on the radio. And you can sign up for your email uh, on my website, you can find my son's testimony that was made uh, 13 days before he died of AIDS in 1989. Praise God, he's in heaven. Uh, there's there's articles you can print out, a lot of free articles, and there's lots of free CDs with deliverance prayers that you can uh, listen to for free. And um, if you have, if you'd like to give us send us a gift, you can send it through PayPal. There's a place where you can send a gift. I appreciate all those who support the ministry. Um, I don't take anything for myself. I just to run a ministry. And so I just appreciate anyone who gives. And the precious lady that sponsors this program, and uh, she doesn't charge me anything, and she does a great work. You can send her a gift by sending to D for Dorothy, but not Dorothy, D Churchy, C-H-U-R-C-H-Y, number one at hotmail.com. I think you can also send a gift through uh, PayPal. But um, I'll be in Corsicana, Texas this next Saturday, which will be uh, June the 6th, 2020. I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp uh, the weekend of July the 4th. And uh, that's a family camp. And, um, and that'll be... 2020, the year 2020, and um, you can go to LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com and get information. It's very inexpensive to go, and we have prayer teams that pray for people every morning, and I don't know of a better place that you can get deliverance uh, than Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, and so um, trying to think of anything else, and if you would like me to 
do a meeting in your church or your area. If you can just email me if you need um, any help, I'll be glad to answer your questions. I always answer my emails. I get probably 300 a day of just junk mail, but uh, I always answer personal emails. And so if you uh, have anything I can help you with, feel free to email me. Uh, God's done a work in your life. I love to hear what God does, and it's all a work of his doing. So I thank you so much for listening. If there's not anyone that wants prayer, I just say may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you even more peace as you decrease so that he can increase. In Jesus' name. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.